let's take our seats this morning. Great to be uh, together, just sharing the word. You know, it's great every time we gather together as the people of God. It's, uh, you know, we've got to be hearts open for what God wants to say and do among us. And um, we're going to have a great time. Pastor Jay is in uh, uh, America preaching today. Fiona, his wife's in Belfast preaching, I think. Um, you know, uh, Pastor Matt has his first service in uh, Birmingham this morning. Uh, I texted him this morning, said, are you nervous? No, of course he's not nervous, he's going for it. And uh, so it's, it's just been a, a great couple of weeks. We had a fantastic induction last uh, uh, Sunday evening in Birmingham and uh, just really saw him, you know, just a great church response from us and from them, just really blessed. And uh, I was texting Dom, Dom was preaching in Germany this morning, I was looking at him on Instagram live and he had no knees in his jeans and Right, I, I almost wanted to send him an offering. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so I texted him and he just told me that that was trendy. Uh, you know, I don't understand it. Uh, but, you know, he's doing great and uh, they're having a great time over there. So it's good. You know, we belong to this great family of God. You know, uh, it's great that our church here in uh, Curzon Street is stretching out around the world. You know, and uh, we just continue to pray for God to use us and to bless the world for us. Tomorrow I go to Kenya. I'm in Kenya for a week tomorrow, um, just for a conference over there uh, with um, about 70 of our Elam, Elam partners. And uh, we appreciate your prayers just for a real move of God amongst us as we minister over there and just see what God wants to do. So it's exciting, isn't it? Lots of stuff going on. I, I want to read this morning from Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, we're in this series on We Preach Christ. And, uh, you know, I want to lift up the name of Jesus this morning. Um, we've been doing that in song and uh, through the word. And uh, I just want to kind of bring uh, just a word to confirm that today. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you, to the interests of others. I mean, some amazing verses there, isn't it? It's powerful stuff, isn't it, the Bible? Yes, Dave. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Wow, what an amazing passage. One of the most uh, stirring passages that we have in the New Testament writings of Paul, describing who Jesus is. There's an incredible description of him. It's like he goes into it. In fact, scholars think that this uh, phrase, verse 6 down, was, was an early uh, catechism. It was how people were taught to understand who Jesus was. Uh, that they kind of like got there, they might have sung it even, but it was something that they learned by rote, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant. And uh, he humbled himself and became obedient even to death on a cross. 
Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's not a bad few verses, is it? And so it's something that we carry in our hearts, this understanding, this revelation of who Jesus is. And Paul sets out, and he's, he's not really defending doctrinal error at this moment. He's giving a, a, a thesis. He's given a, a revelation of who Jesus is to him, of how he understands him. You see, we need to understand everything there is to know about Jesus today that the Bible tells us. We need to hold it close in our hearts. And so we have these scriptures here that just reveal something about him today. You see, if we believe the right things regarding the Lord, then it leads to a right understanding and relationship with him. If we believe who he is and understand what the Bible says, then it helps us to connect with him. It helps us to become worshippers. It helps us to become uh, obedient disciples because we've understood who he is. If our thinking about Jesus is wrong, then actually our behavior as followers of Christ will be wrong. And so it's an important thing for us to kind of put into our heads uh, and, and get some revelation. That's why they taught this phrase, these few verses to people, because they wanted them to understand that Jesus Christ was not simply a good man. See, it's, it's nice. He was a good man. You know, he was the best. He's the kind of guy you'd like to be around, just like the rest of us. He was, but he was so much more than that. And it's really important that we understand that because if he wasn't so much more than that, then we shouldn't sing these songs about him. If he wasn't so much more than that, then we shouldn't say we can hold on to these promises. But if he is so much more than that, if that's what we believe, if that's what we know to be true, if that's what we've experienced, if that's what fills our hearts with hope today, then it means everything because it changes how we live. It changes how we look at life. And that's why Paul is at pains to, to, to give such a revelation you know, who, uh, he wants to get people to, to understand, to take hold of who Jesus is because then they can live a life that's worthy of the Lord. My mum used to say to me when I was little, remember who you are and who you serve. That meant you're my kids, so don't disgrace us, but you're also a believer in Jesus, so live up to that. Wow. Is that pressure? Well, it's a pressure being her kid, I'll tell you now. But it was also something that was meant to expand my vision of what my life was about. That actually I'm not just a believer in Jesus, the carpenter who walked the earth. I'm a believer in Jesus, the Son of God. So therefore it shapes and, and, and affects everything that I do in, in how I seek to follow him. So what does Paul reveal about Jesus the Lord? And so I, 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 first of all, he, want, he, he reveals his nature. Who being in very nature God... See, we've even, you know, just been talking about it when, when, when Joe was just sharing about, you know, uh, the nature of God. This, he's not just human. He's not human that we are. He's God. He's beyond us. And so when we come this morning, I want to remind us that we come to God when we think of Jesus. We come to someone who is so much more than we are. And I, I know not everybody believes that. I know some people want to reject that. I know in today's world, you know, uh, belief in, in God is, is not popular in the Western mind. But a belief in God is still filling the world. Wherever you go, there's still a majority of people who believe in God of some sort. I know in our sophistication, we've left God behind. But it's not working for us, is it? And so we have to come to that place where we, we lift up. And, and, and the Bible reveals who being in very nature, God... 
And that's what we believe. We don't believe that he was just a good man or a great teacher or a healer who could do weird things, although some of those things he did were weird. Like spitting in the eyes of a blind man. Evidently, that's not popular. I'm not sure I would try it, but Jesus did it, and the man was healed. Why? Because he had a different approach. He knew who he was. You see, when you know you're God, you act differently among men. When you know who you are. And says, who being in very nature God. And he, he, he brings this revelation of who it is. And it's this teaching that separates the church of Jesus Christ from the rest of the world. We believe that Jesus the man is also Jesus the Son of God. And we uphold that in our lives. And so that's why we come and worship. We don't worship men, do we? Can you imagine how weird that would be? Steve is Lord. No, it wouldn't work, would it? Do you know what I mean? We wouldn't do it. But we've come to Jesus and we do it because we believe who he is. In very nature, he's not just like us. He's revealed as God and man. And this was a key thing for Paul. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It says in John, I know someone will say to me that John didn't say that, Paul, Paul didn't say that, John said it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And this is where we understand that the nature of who Jesus is changes everything. I wonder today, are you carrying the nature of who it is? You see, if you just see Jesus as your buddy, then you're going to miss Jesus for who he is. You're going to reduce him to just someone convenient for you. And the truth is, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is high above every situation and circumstance. His nature is far beyond us. And therefore, we come and we worship him. It brings us into a place of worship. It brings us into a place. And it's not easily explainable, isn't it? It doesn't just click a box in our, in our brains and we go, oh yeah, Jesus is Lord, that's fine. We struggle with it because it's, it's beyond us. See, here's the truth, friends. If everything we believe about Jesus can be easily understood, he's not that impressive. I mean, we can't even understand each other. Never mind God. We struggle to even understand why we do ourselves, why we do what we do. And so we think we can understand and put God in in flesh in a box. This is Elam's attempt. We're in Elam Church. This is Elam's attempt to try and understand it. We believe in the true and proper deity of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his virgin birth, in his real and complete humanity, in his sinless life, in his authoritative teaching, in his substitutionary and atoning sacrifice through his shed blood, in his bodily resurrection, in his ascension to the right hand of the Father, in his heavenly intercession, and his second coming to receive his church. That's a big sentence, isn't it? Because it's just trying to do justice to understanding the nature of God. And so I want to say to you today, when we come and we sing these amazing songs that, that help us to understand, we're, we're singing about the nature of who God is. And it's beyond our own world and our own understanding. And we have to allow God to fill our lives and to reveal himself to us as God. And so Jesus comes. And we need to see him, that he is our friend and our brother, but he is also God. The book of Hebrews says these, in the last days, in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. That's an amazing verse. Because what 
the writer of Hebrews is saying, he's saying, don't reduce Jesus to just the understanding that you have. Enlarge him. He's beyond anything that you can see. He's bigger than anything that you can contain. He's the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. That's why Jesus looked at his disciples and said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? He wasn't just saying, you know, I'm like, he's saying, if you've seen me, you've seen God. Why? Because I'm the exact representation of God to you. And I, 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 I hesitate to move on because it's too big for me to try and unpack well, but I need you to understand it. He, by nature, is God. And so what we do here, what we proclaim here, is not simply a person who lived 2,000 years ago and who gave his life on a cross. We proclaim someone who came as God, born of a virgin, took on the flesh of men and women, and then gave his life and was raised again and not only was raised again, but then ascended into heaven. That's our proclamation. His nature is God. And if we believe that, then it changes everything about our lives. Jesus is Lord. His nature declares it to us and through us. Secondly, his attitude reveals him as God, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Don't you love that? Jesus was God, and yet he became a servant. He became a servant. See, what an amazing thing for us to understand, that Jesus could have stayed in heaven. Even, even uh, as he came to before Pilate, he, they said to him, don't you understand I have the power to do this? And, and, and the Bible tells us, he said, don't you understand I have the power to call 12 legions of angels to come and rescue me? Oh, I'd love to see that movie, wouldn't you? That's the way I wanted it to end. Twelve legions of angels turning up and taking Jesus away from the Romans and no one being able to stop him. Because he wasn't just a weak, itinerant preacher standing before Pilate. He was God. And yet he chose to take upon himself the form of a servant. I don't know about you, but it must be hard. That must have been hard, don't you think? See, hard to be a servant when people treat you like one, isn't it? It's hard to be humble when people make you humble. It's all right to be humble if you're able to take that upon yourself. But when people are treating you like dirt and you're thinking, I just have to give the nod and Gabriel and all the boys are coming. But he gave of himself. He became a servant. Three things Paul says is that he's not self-seeking. Why should we lift him up as Lord? He's not self-seeking. He's not after the job. I don't know about you, but the more and more uh, politics, I'm not getting into the politics this morning, but the more you read and the more you hear, you just think, oh dear Lord, where are we? Self-seeking people who just are full of their own importance. Jesus was in the top place in the universe. And he said, I'll come down. I'll be born in a stable where the donkeys live. I'll live in obscurity, in obedience to a man and a woman for most of my life. And then I'll give myself as a sacrifice for the sins of the world. Wow. What a servant heart. What a servant heart of God we serve. He was willing to become a servant. He was willing to humble himself. How can it be that Jesus, the giver of life, the sustainer of the world, was able to humble himself and become obedient even to death on a cross. Therefore, the Bible says, he was exalted 
And I love this uh, next point, his, his exaltation. It says, God has exalted him to the highest place. Isn't that amazing? See, here's the deal, friends. It's God who raises people up. When God raises someone up, nothing can change. How many of you know God has raised Jesus to the highest place? And therefore, we can sing the songs of praise to him because he is high and lifted up. It's not that somebody else will ever come close to who he is. Listen, God has raised Jesus. It doesn't matter what you think. God has raised him. It doesn't matter what we think. God has raised him. It doesn't matter if we're happy about it. God has raised him. And if God raises someone up, they're raised up. And God has exalted Jesus to the highest place. He's given him that place. Jesus died and was rose, uh, raised to life. And now the Bible says he's exalted to the highest place in the universe. His highest place of honor. Acts 2.32. God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are witnesses of it. It must have been amazing to meet people who saw Jesus come back from the dead. Don't you think that's amazing? Over 500 of them, the Bible says, who saw him in his re- before he was ascended. 500 of them who were witnesses to it. It wasn't just three weird people. You know, because sometimes that's how we think. You know, it was just three crackpot Christians. No, friends, it was over 500 people. That's twice as many people are here who saw reason Lord in heaven, ascended to heaven. And they went, wow. And they started to tell the world about it because it was something within them. They declared who he was because they had seen him exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. He said, you know what? There's an exalting, there's a raising up of Jesus. And that's why we give ourselves in worship to the Lord because he is high and lifted up. The Bible says, <laughs> I want to get ahead of myself, but one day he's going to be exalted over all the earth. And everybody will acknowledge him. See, that's what we believe today, friends. It's colossal. See, I think sometimes we get so familiar with the story that we lose how big it is. It's like, well, let's go to church today, you know. I'm a Christian, I do that. Don't come to church just because you're a Christian and do that. Come because Jesus is God. Come because you believe it with all your heart. Don't sing because the band are in great form or the band aren't in great form. Both happen, don't they, lads? Stop me. Or the preacher's in good form and the preacher's not in good form. Both happen. We know about it. Come because you believe that Jesus Christ has been exalted and therefore everything about your life has changed. See, that, that's what the Bible offers. The Bible doesn't offer some kind of tepid religious experience. The Bible says Jesus Christ has been exalted and therefore everything's changed. I want to worship an exalted king. I want to bring praise to him. And we've read it over the last few weeks. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing them over the cross. It says, at the minute, we don't see everything made subject to him, but we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. See, Jesus has been exalted. I want us to boast in Jesus a bit today. I want us to just reframe our lives. You know, our lives get so caught up with the smallness of where we are, of what's going on, of the things that press in on us, of the things that have to be dealt with. And sometimes we just have to step back and we have to look. We had another word this morning. Hazel just brought me a word before I came up, just about uh, God bringing... um, Abraham out and making him look up at the stars and saying, you know, this this is what I'm going to give you. 
You get afraid and, and, and overwhelmed just, just by the, 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 the situation of your life, by the containment that you're in. But listen, if you can just believe that Jesus Christ has been exalted, you start to see something different. You see, if Jesus Christ has been exalted to the highest place, then God is working out his plan and purpose in eternity. Hello. That's not bad, is it? I could almost do a jig. Because if that's true, it changes everything. It's only me that's excited this morning. It's only me that gets excited. This Jesus is Lord, and he's been exalted. There's no one that can pull him down, because God has lifted him up. Listen, people can talk about him how they like, but he's still exalted. People can choose not to trust him. He's still exalted. People can push him behind their lives and say, I'm not interested in Jesus, but he's still exalted. His exaltation doesn't depend upon yours. Just as the queen's throne and position on the throne doesn't depend on your approval, friends. You ever know that? I don't believe in the monarchy. Big deal. She's still queen. It's the same. I don't believe in Jesus. Big deal. He's still on the throne. I'm not happy about what Jesus has done. Big deal. He's still ruling. And the Bible says he sustains everything by the power of his breath. In other words, you might not be happy about where you are, but if he stopped breathing, where you are would disappear altogether. See, friends, that's what it means to believe in God. We want to be so sophisticated and so ahead of ourselves. I understand that. I don't, I'm not against science. I'm not against all the progress we've made. I like my iPhone. But listen, friends. If this is all there is, we ought to be pitied above all men. We've got Christian brothers and sisters who are laying down their lives today for the name of Jesus. And so we need to understand God has exalted him. We're not following someone just because it's nice and we have a nice community. And that's true, we do. But we're following him because Jesus is alive. We're following him because he's Lord of all. Hallelujah. His exaltation. God has lifted him up. Thirdly, his name, whatever number it is, his name. Fourthly, his name. He's Lord because he has a name that is above every other name. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. The name of Jesus is above every name, the Bible says. It's a fascinating thing, this. It's amazing to me that Jesus is the name that has become a swear word to the world. Do you think that's incredible? I remember my friend Steve. He was working with a guy one summer in a summer job. And the guy just kept swearing, using the name of Jesus. Everything that happened, he'd go, oh, Jesus, oh, Christ. And he was going out, this, this guy was going out with a girl called Veronica. So my friend Steve, every time something went wrong, he'd go, oh, Veronica. It's funny, isn't it? But the guy got mad. How, how, how dare you use the name of my... How dare you use my, my, my girlfriend's name like that? Well, it doesn't matter, does it? It's on your name, isn't it? Oh, Veronica. And all of a sudden, the man began to realize that actually there's power in the name. And the Bible tells us that Jesus has a name that's above every other name. And so we have to understand the power of the name of Jesus. And the power of the name of Jesus, it brings all kinds of responses. <laughs> The name of Jesus wakes up demons, mate. The name of Jesus sets principalities and powers on edge. The name of Jesus declares freedom to captives. 
The name of Jesus brings healing and hope. You can read it in the scriptures. I haven't got time this morning, but they're all there. The name of Jesus brings salvation to the hopeless. The name of Jesus uh, brings healing in his name. The name of Jesus brings forgiveness to those who will call on him. The name of Jesus brings adoption as sons and daughters of God. There is power in the name of Jesus. And so we need to kind of cultivate in our heart the name of Jesus. That's, that's why he's Lord, because his name is above every name. And, and, and it's amazing to me that the world and the flesh and the devil seek to destroy his name, and yet his name is still lifted up. So we have to put our faith in the name of Jesus today. You might be standing in a situation we've talked about today. Don't throw away your confidence. It'll be richly rewarded. Don't throw away the name of Jesus. Hang on to it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. That's what the Bible says. And so sometimes we just have to come and start to confess the name of the Lord. Things aren't going right in your life. It's the name of the Lord that's going to bring you through it. Uh, Circumstances have, have fallen apart. It's the name of the Lord that's going to bring you through it. See, and we, we either can just, I'm not, I, I will tell you something, it's a better name to call out than anything. Heaven isn't offended when a person who's lost cries out the name of Jesus. The power of the Lord reaches out. So we need to recognize that he's high and lifted up. And finally this morning, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every tongue. See, the trouble with being Lord is that one day he will come back to rule. We don't very often talk about the second coming of Christ. But he's coming again. He'll come again. And every eye will see him. And every ear will hear him. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. What a solemn day that's going to be. I mean, at the minute we live in the grace of God. The Bible says we we live in the day of salvation. But one day there will come a day of judgment. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And they will bow before him. That's what we believe. Friends, make no mistake. That's what we believe. We preach a gospel of love. And the gospel of love is now is the day of salvation. You can find peace with God. Even in the midst of your distress, even in the midst of your rebellion and sin, there is peace with God if you will confess the name of Jesus. But one day, he will come back as Lord of all the earth and he will judge the world. And each of us will face him as Savior and Lord. And we will have to bring our response to him. And, and it's an awesome thing. It, and, you know, it's one of those things, we either believe it or we don't. I, I can't convince you. It's not my job to convince you. I believe it. I believe that Jesus died on a cross for the sins of the world, for my sin, for your sin. And he died willingly as a sacrifice to reunite my, me and you to God so that one day when he comes as Savior and Lord and King, I will bow the knee before him. And I will say, my Savior and my God. And eternity will be different because of who he is. That's what we believe. We preach Jesus Christ as Lord. It's not just about now. It's not just about 
what happens today. It's not just about the stuff that I'm going through today. It's about eternity. Jesus didn't come and say, I've come that you might have life for today. He said, I've come that you might have life for tomorrow and for eternity. If we will trust him. We preach Christ as Lord. As Lord over everything. It's a, it's a message of It's a message that divides the world, friends. We are the people who believe. Maybe this morning you're here and you don't believe, or maybe you have believed, or maybe you're trying to believe. And I want you to know that God responds to that. He sees you. He knows you. He loves you. He he doesn't sit in judgment on you today. He's provided for you a way to know his love, if you will trust him. But he is Christ the Lord. His nature is he is God. His character is that he became a servant and gave himself for the sins of the world. His position has been exalted. God says he's raised him up. Jesus will never have to give himself again because he's been raised to life. He's exalted into heaven. His name is the power to change people's lives. And he has been placed as Lord over everybody. That's who we serve. I want you to get it today. I want you to, I know you know it, but I want you to bring it to the forefront of your mind today. I want you to understand that what we do here every week, that what you do when you follow Jesus as you leave this place is not just about a way of life. It's about exalting a risen Savior. It's about understanding and acknowledging Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and it changes everything. It's worth everything. Either it's worth everything or it's worth nothing, friends. Because unless he is who he says it is, nothing, nothing changes. But for us who believe, for us who've come to know and experience the power of God, everything changes. Because Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's pray. Band, do you want to come back, please? And before we close this morning, I just want to give an opportunity, maybe for you, to accept the Lord afresh in your life. I know all heaven anticipates the hearts of men and women. This is what we preach. This is what we believe. It's not half-hearted. It's not faint. It's, it's full-on. We believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who gave himself for you and for me and who will welcome people into his kingdom if they will acknowledge their sin and put their faith in him. So before we go any further, is there anybody this morning who say, Dave, I need to do that. Before we close our service, say, I need to get right with Jesus today. If that's you, just where you are, I just want you to put your hand up and just say, Dave, would you pray for me? Well done. Bless you. Thank you. Bless you. I know it's a message of challenge to us. God sees us where we are. And so I pray for those who have responded this morning. Lord, you know them. You love them, Lord. I pray, God, that you will bring your presence right now just closely to them. Lord, in where each of us are, Lord, you know. I thank you, God, that you know us and you trust us. And you bring us towards you, Lord. You see us. 
Father, I just pray that you would reveal yourself among us today. Lord, and that your peace would be upon us, Lord. And that we would know, Lord, your love and your grace. Lord, as we just uh, respond, Lord, I thank you for those who've responded today. Lord, I pray you'd meet with them where they're at. Lord, I pray you'd reveal yourself to them where they're at. And they would find life today. Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you are God. And I pray that you would be their God. That they would follow you. Lord, through the good and the bad, that they would follow you and experience grace and life in all its fullness, Lord. Lord, that you promised to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand. We appreciate you.